Well, good morning, everybody. I, I did not know Carolyn was going to be here today. She called me this last week from Washington State and said that she was not coming. Then I looked and saw this morning that she was standing over there, and I was wondering you know, what happened. She did say that she's going back again this week, but uh, she must have more money than I do. I can't afford it. <laughs> I'm uh, reading the last part of the Lord's Prayer from Matthew chapter 6. And I'll be reading verse 13. It says, uh, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. King David was a man after God's own heart. Great man of God, but he was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. He was indeed a great sinner. One day he was walking around on the roof of his palace and he looked down and he saw Bathsheba. The Bible says that she was beautiful to look upon. He had a whole bunch of wives, but yet he was tempted by another man's wife. He called for her to come, and so she came to the palace and she got pregnant. And so then he tried to cover it up. Cover up always gets people in trouble. But the cover-up did not work, and so then he decided to kill her husband, Uriah. That took place. Temptation came into his life as it comes for each one of us. And so in this couplet, this last of the couplets in the Lord's Prayer, it says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So I was wondering this last week, what is the source of temptation? Where does it come from? Well, first of all, temptation comes from within us. It says in James 1.14, But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Temptation comes sometimes within us. It doesn't have to come from an outside source because we sense it. And then... First uh, John 2.16, it says, talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Temptation is within. And you know, we exacerbate this problem sometimes because of people that we hang around with. And that's why the first psalm says, don't hang around with people that are going to drag you down and lead you to temptation. Also, we should not go to places that are going to cause us to sin. Uh, we need to stay away from all of those. I was reading about a man some years ago. He was an alcoholic and he took the Reformation pledge not to drink again. But every day he would come in on his horse in the town a number of years ago. He, he came into town and he would hitch his horse to the hitching post right next to the tavern where he used to go. An older and wiser Christian said he's making a mistake, hitching his horse so close to where he fell before. And that's what happened. One day he went in, just took a drink, and soon he was back in the same situation that he had been in before. Sometimes temptations come from within us. Then sometimes they come from Satan. Satan is called by a number of names in the Bible. In uh, the book of Genesis, when he appeared to Adam and Eve, he is called the serpent. God had created the paradise for Adam and Eve. And he gave 
two specific trees that were mentioned. One was the tree of life, and they ate of that and they would live forever. That was great. They were allowed to consume it, but there was one tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and that is the only tree that they were forbidden to eat. But the serpent came and said, uh, it's good food. Go ahead and eat it. And so Eve did first, and then Adam, and of course Adam blamed Eve later on, but uh, it was actually both of their fault, because both of them fell because they were deceived by Satan. Satan is another word that is used in the Bible, and uh, that word means an adversary. In fact, it says in the book of Job that Satan at one time was one of the angels, but he fell. At first he was called to be an adversary to keep people straight, but evidently he descended from that into other kinds of temptation. He is the adversary of each one of us. Uh, The Bible says that he throws fiery darts at us, and that is why we need to be protected against the fiery darts of the evil one. Robert Louis Stevenson said, you know the Caledonian Railway Station in Edinburgh. He said, one cold, wintry, east-blowing wind morning, I met Satan there. He doesn't explain what he meant. But most of us do understand that because we, we seemingly encounter him in our own lives as well. And somehow Satan is able to tempt us to cause us to fall away from God's will. And then temptation is never from God. It says, lead us not into temptation, but that word temptation can actually be translated as a trial. And we know from the book of James, if we can have that on the screen, James 1.13, it says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God doesn't tempt us. God will allow us to go through trials, but God will not tempt us to sin. Uh, It is not as if it's nature. And God cannot tempt anyone to sin. We were reading this morning in our Sunday school lesson about Jesus, and uh, He was baptized, and the Spirit of God came down upon Him. And then according to Matthew, He was sent into the wilderness. The Bible says he was driven by the Spirit to the wilderness. And that was a time of testing for him. For 40 days he did without food. But then at the end of the 40 days, Satan appeared to him. And Satan began to tempt him. It was not God. That was Satan. And Satan, first of all, said, you know, you've been starving yourself for 40 days. Turn these stones on the ground into bread. And Jesus answered with scripture, he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then he took Jesus to a high place. And he said, Jump, and God's not going to let you die. The angels will save you and protect you. And he seemed to be implying, you know, people will flock to you because of this miracle that you're doing. Jesus replied once more with Scripture, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And then there was a third temptation. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And Jesus came.
came into our world to build his kingdom. And Satan said, you can have every one of those kingdoms on a silver platter if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus replied again, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Those are the sources of temptation. They come from within. They come from uh, the devil and his demons. The Bible says, we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Sometimes we know that the, the strength of Satan and his temptations is great, and sometimes we fall to them. But then the question comes, what are the ways that God leads us and directs us. First of all, it says that God tests us. He allows us to be tested. In James 1.3 it says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And throughout the Bible, we find that God tested people and He said that He was going to test people. And the desire here is not that we should fall, but that we should be strengthened in our faith from that. Testing produces perseverance, and that leads to a mature faith. And you have to undergo some testing uh, for that to happen. Probably the primary example of this in the Old Testament is with Abraham. Abraham was a man of faith, and he sought to follow God. God told him, he said, you're going to have a son... And Abraham really didn't believe him because he and Sarah had gotten really old. She was 90, he was 100. Didn't seem very likely, but yet that is when God sent them a son, Isaac. Then while the boy was still alive, God said to him, I want you to sacrifice Isaac, your only son, to me. Now can you imagine how heartbreaking that would have been? And yet Abraham was prepared to do just that. He went up and he built an altar and he placed his son down upon it and he was prepared to strike him when God called him back. And then there was a ram that was in the bush and God provided a substitute and so he substituted by sacrificing the lamb and not his son. Later on, God did sacrifice his own son for you and for me. But each one of us goes through tests in life designed to prove our faith, to strengthen us, and the next time we encounter a struggle, we have experience to deal with that. The goal of the Bible is that as you go through life as a Christian, you ought to be much stronger when you are older than you are when you're younger. So we should have some really strong Christians in here, right? God tests us. And then one other way that He works and leads us is by disciplining us. It says in Hebrews chapter 12 or 6, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. God certainly disciplined the nation of Israel. They followed after false gods. They were unjust to one another. And so finally God dispersed them with what is called the diaspora. They were taken off into captivity. First the northern kingdom and then the southern. 
But when some of them began to come back, never again did they practice polytheism. And they became more just as a result of the discipline of God. Jonah was another disciplined by God. And we talked about this just a few weeks ago. Jonah didn't want to obey God to preach in Nineveh. He wanted God to destroy them and so he tried sailing away. He was swallowed by a great fish or a whale or something in the belly of the whale for three days, spit out on dry land, and because of the chastening, he was willing to obey God. And he went to Nineveh and he preached, even though he pouted later. Some years ago, I was talking to a Christian friend. And I said to him, I, I believe that God uh, has disciplined me in this last year. And I told him some of the circumstances that I had been through. And he said, oh no, God does not operate that way. Uh, God is not chastening you because he gives you his love. And I said, that's not what the Bible says. And that's not what I've had from my own experience. I think God did indeed chasten me. And from that chastening, I learned a very important lesson. Not to disobey God. He disciplines us. And then finally, He delivers us from the evil one. And in some of the best translations, it doesn't say deliver us from evil, but deliver us from the evil one. Because we don't have all the resources that we need to be able to resist the devil. The Bible says, uh, draw near to God, He will draw near to you. Resist the devil and He will flee from you. But apart from the power of God, we can't do that. We don't have the power to be able to resist Him in all things. And so God does a couple of things for us. One of those is He provides a way of escape. He says that when we face the temptations, that God will provide a way out in 1 Corinthians 10.13. God will spare us by, by giving us an outlet. You've probably been reading and hearing all the news about the fires in Australia. A terrible thing, and they've they said thousands and thousands of animals have died in the fire. One of the firemen was saying that uh, the little koala bears seem to be running away from the fire, looking for someone to help them, and they come out with their arms outstretched out of the bush, and so the firemen go and they pick them up, and they give them water and they take them to a safe place. A way of escape. God does that with us. And I've found that certainly to be true in my own life. Sometimes I'll be tempted to do something and a scripture comes to mind. And because the scripture comes to mind, I'm able to resist that temptation. Not every time, but sometimes. And then there are times that... Uh, I'll have another temptation. And, you know, God uh, seemingly puts in my mind, you know, I'm a Christian. And will this action glorify God? It may not even be some terribly bad, but something small. We, I mean, we, we manage to sin every day. And sometimes, you know, God will provide the way of escape that we need. He'll help us to get out of that situation. And then finally, in delivering from evil, he also can build a hedge of protection around us. 
that I was growing up. My dad had a big, ugly barn in the back. It was a big barn, and it was, wasn't painted, and you know it didn't look very pretty. And my mother hated that. So she made him build this huge hedge to cover most of the barn if you were driving down the road. Uh, I know that it was really tall because sometimes I had to go through and put the hedges. But there were some advantages because uh, I could take some of the, the sticks that came out of it and make bows and arrows, and I did that uh, a number of times. Uh, it was just perfect for that. But anyway, it, that hedge was designed to keep people from seeing the ugly barn. In the same way, God can build a hedge of protection around us to keep us from the fiery darts that Satan would throw at us. Jesus was talking to Peter. He said, Peter, because of your faith on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God builds that hedge to protect us uh, not too long ago, uh, John Gonzalez asked me to go to his house. He was moving into a new place and he wanted me to, to bless his house. Of course, I was happy to do that, especially since he had free food. And so uh, I went and I don't remember the prayer because I don't write them down. But I, I said something to the effect, you know, God, bless this place. Build a protection around it. So that Satan cannot get in, destroy relationships, and do his work. And so my wife asked me later on if I would do that at our place. And I said, well, sure. So I went to the, to the front door. And, uh, you know, I blessed the whole compound. And then I went to our two little casitas and, you know, prayed that God would bless those. And to our main house asking that God would bless it, he would build a hedge of protection, and that Satan would not have entryway into our place. I think that's appropriate, but we probably need to do that every day to keep Satan really out of our place. But you know, that's what I believe this prayer is saying. It said, lead us not into trials, especially the ones that we find difficult to handle, but deliver us from the evil one. And God alone can provide that kind of protection for us. Oh God, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Would you bow with me as we pray? Our Father, I pray today that you will provide healing for our bodies and filling of our souls with your Holy Spirit. God, our desire in coming here today to worship you was that you might speak to us, that we might know your word, and that we might given, be given the power to follow that word. Oh God, our greatest desire is to love you with all of our hearts, to build the kingdom of God within our lives and within this church. Oh Father, let that be realized for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.